Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're going to break down UFC Noche or Noche UFC, depending on how you say it. Grasse versus Shevchenko, the rematch for the belt. We love to see it. As always, go down, like, subscribe, drop your picks for this card, drop your takes, your bets, everything we want to hear them. These are your hosts of the show. I'm Paul Pickham, Winham Concha, and I'm joined with. Yeah, I know it's your boy, Kev. Water boys, your boy, aka the Don PYE, always known as the realest on your screen. But nah, man, hey, we're like hella. If you watch, if you tuned into the um football, we got episode, we have football episodes that drop earlier in the week. And I'm so mad right now because I forgot to bring up the Eagles. My dog, Big Play Slay, got the pick six. But that's for the football episodes. This is the MMA. This is the this is where we talk to shit. And this is where we're talking the rematch. Oh, my wife, Valentina Shevchenko, versus my mistress, Alexa Grasso. It happens. It I'm happens. staying out of it, Paul. I'm staying out of it this week. But it's UFC, Noche UFC, Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh, we lit right now. Yeah, I mean, the card is stacked with the – you got the Mexican fighters like Edgar Chérez, Lupi Goldenese, Fernando Padilla. But then you also got like Tracy Cortez is on this card. American, Mexican. I'm pretty sure Brian Ortega would be on this if Tracy wasn't already on it. So it's already stacked with some pretty good fights. I'm not going to lie. It's one of the better fight nights of the year just because we got a fucking title fight on. And Kevin co-main of Vinny against JDM, Jack Della Mandina. Banger of a fight. One of the fight of the year candidates if it really plays out. That's his fight. Do you think... um? Alexa Grasso has that belt, like the Mexican belt that they gave Yari Rodriguez. No, if she doesn't have it yet, she'll have it when she walks out for this fight, especially for, the, for Noche UFC, 100%. Oh, so yeah, that shit is lit. But let's jump into this card, Kev. Let's actually dig deep into it. Uh, I'm gonna, For all my betters out there, I'm going to give it out right now. So you're lucky. Usually, I usually say this for the end of the podcast. I'm going to start off with it just to get it out of the way before I forget. I have a nice little four-leg parlay. Aguilar Chariz, minus 250. Lupi Godinez, minus 420. Plays it. Fernando Pandia, minus 230. And Daniel Zellhupper, minus 250. All the fights on the main card and featured prelims. Mexican favorites in this going into these fights that I think have a 100% chance of really winning. It's like some books plus 175, other books plus 200. Go get those odds. Hammer that hometown parlay. It's one of them nights where the UFC knows. The UFC's invested heavily into Mexico. Got a Mexican. Facts. When at one point they had three. Yeah, like they're like those are the four. I would say go parlay them because if I'm a little bit oh and add Raul Rosas Jr. minus seven hundred if you just want to add a little bit more juice to it. But I don't like touching them big, big favorites like that because anything can happen, a.k.a. Sean Strickland. Uh, no, that's real shit. But um, where's this card taking place at? This card will be taking place at September 16th. I want to say the art time zone. It's in the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Main card, 10 p.m., 7 p.m. Uh, prelims. So another one of the Vegas cards. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. I'm looking forward to it. So what fight are we talking first? We'll talk Raul Rosas Jr. versus Taron Mitchell, minus 700, plus 
500 for Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell, y'all don't know him. He was out of Alaska Combat, champion from over there, submission specialist, older guy who joined the UFC late. His one fight in the UFC was the debut against Cameron Simon out of South Africa. Got knocked down in the first round. And he was the first person to run into the South Africans. Yeah, but Simon is turned out to be a hitter, so it's not a bad loss. If Robert Rosas is in the same vein as Simon, it should be another steamroll for him. This is a it looks like a get right fight based on the minus seven hundred odds since the C Rod defeat. And it's the you know, Noche UFC. This is the for all the Mexicans and everything. This is for his people. Mexican heritage much viva my people. But this fight's interesting to me just because he's minus seven hundred and he should dominate. I'm not saying he shouldn't, like he should go out there and get the dub. But Terrence Mitchell is a great BJJ artist. And if Raul Rosas doesn't completely dominate, has a little opening, there is a world where he might get submitted just because he's a little sloppy on top. Ooh. But if you can find some nice odds on him getting a submission against Rosas, I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say that's not a bad bet. Like just a fun little two dollar bet, maybe just it might happen because it really could happen. Because if he's game planning for the wrestling, it can like really get in positions where he can use his BJJ against Rosas, it might get it, – it could get it could get a little shaky. Are you picking against my young prodigy? He's probably like 19 now. I suppose he's been 18 for a minute. But last time we seen Robert Rosas was in Miami in person, and my dog just got on – he got out-muscled. I feel like he spent – hopefully this – he's been getting, spending a lot of time working on strength, um, still keeping his speed. Cardio is always crazy cool. But we liked Rosas, Rosas, Rosas Juniors. So hopefully he came, he on them prepared and is ready to fuck this dog up, cause and um get back, get back to this hype train that we have for him. Yeah, I mean the hype is behind him. It is set up for a get right spot. So I'm not gonna bet against him, but I'm just saying for a fun little long shot, you don't have to tie a lot of things together, pick a whole bunch of people, you can get big odds on just one outcome. That's a nice little fun little one. But let's get into the co-main event. This is honestly could be a main event of a fight out of its own. Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Medina. Kevin Holland plus 125. JDM minus 150. It is a pick but slightly favoring JDM here. Welterweight fight. We'll see my boy Holland back at 170. Who, where at 170, he has a little great at. So is this the is this the fight that Kevin Holland had to pick up because dude did he pick this fight up or was this fight booked? This fight was booked. Well, I don't think it was booked actually. JDM was I needed a fighter. Kevin Holland wanted to said I'll take the fight before I fight um uh uh fucking Chisora. No, not Chisora. Before he fight uh I can't remember his name right now. His uh the first thing he fought in his last fight. Mm-hmm. And, they wouldn't let him do it. And then also when just Kevin Holland walked through his opponent and JDM had a it was a close fight with a JDM fight, not gonna lie. But this was the fight I guess to make. There was already a little bit of talk about it. People fucked with it when it was getting talked about. So Dana White just said, Fuck it, let's pull the trigger on it. And JDM that's he didn't he have to cut wait two weeks in a row, something like that? Yeah, his last fight. That's what it was. So yeah, Jade. Oh, this is this is gonna be a good fight, Slavin knocker. 
you got my dog Kevin Mouth, Kevin Holland, Big Mouth, and I'm like, oh, who do you um, who do you like in this fight? This could go either way, but Kevin Holland has looked phenomenal at welterweight. At 170, he looked unstoppable. But JDM, other than the split decision uh, win that he had uh, over Hafez in his last fight, that was the fill-in fighter that filled in instead of Holland. And it went barn burner, split decision, went both ways. Other than that fight, he walked through went Randy Brown with a submission, rocked through everybody with first-round KOs. His boxing's legit. He can submit you. I, this is the, both of guys' toughest test at welterweight. Where if honestly, whoever walks out of this fight to me is on the path to go challenge for a belt. Think so? Yeah, I think so because this is these are two guys that I have like title aspirations on. This is MMA, so both of them could potentially hit it. So. That's why it's such a close fight for me to pick. If I had to lean one one way, it would probably be Kevin Holland, just because. And only time I've ever seen him lost was two wrestlers, and when he's getting out muscled by bigger guys at welterweight, this is his division. I think to take over, he can move up the ranks because he's not going to get out muscled. And on the feet, he has the reach advantage. He's fast. He can counter punch. He got power at this at this weight class. He's definitely got power. And I love JDM. And they could go the other way and I look wrong, but I'm gonna lean towards Kevin Hall. I mean, I'm picking Kevin Holland every time. I even picked Kevin Holland against Haas. I would have picked Kevin Holland against Hazmat if we had um if we were there for it. If we had, if we had it recorded after um the whole shit went down. So you know I got my dog big mouth. But I do want to see how hard a hitter is JDM. Because if T stays like this, if he can knock off Kevin Holland, especially if you can do it convincingly, I will respect you as somebody that actually has a future champion aspirations. But that's still a hard-ass division to run through. Like, it's not the easiest. Yeah, welterweight is a deep division. But, like I said, either one of these guys, I could be both of these guys, I think, have title aspirations if they stay at 170. Mm-hmm. On to the title talk, the only title in town for Las Vegas. Alexa Grasso showing up with the women's flyweight belt, defending it against Valentina Shevchenko, where Shevchenko is the favorite, minus 160, where Grasso's a plus 135 underdog walking into the fight where she's defending her belt. Coming off the submission win, arguably one of the biggest upsets last year, how are you feeling about your girls going at it, Kev? Crazy, man. Me, personally, I'm staying out of it. I ain't got nothing to do with this. But Shevchenko wants that belt back. Shevchenko and Lagrasso ain't giving it. So this is going to be the fight where Shevchenko feels like she has to fight perfect, I feel like. I feel like Shevchenko really um thinks that like she made one mistake and that was the only reason why Grasso was able to take advantage. And then Grasso knows that she has openings, she has weaknesses, and she's been able to adjust to things that she wasn't the best at last fight. So this fight is going to be a banger. Who you got? I got Faustine Shevchenko here. Really? A similar mindset to when I took Usman over Edwards in two, and I was wrong. I think this is going to play out in my favor where I just thought I just thought the better fighter lost the first time. I thought she got caught slipping with the um, submission. That was a perfect game plan that Grasso and her team saw in Shevchenko. 
I could be wrong also because Shevchenko is 35. She is getting older. I just think she is an anomaly. I think she is just one of the most skilled fighters of our generation. Uh, doesn't matter if we're talking about weight or uh, gender. So Shevchenko, I think, is going to get the rematch. She's, she hasn't been a challenger in so long that I think this is going to be good for her. And we'll see. We'll, we'll, you know where sometimes when you've been a constant champion, the judges hold you to a different standard to win a round. Whereas now if you're the challenger, you no longer have to like dominate a round to actually win it. Because if you're a challenger, you can do one nice looking thing in a round to somebody who's, who's never had a mistake and the judges were going to give you that round. Like, oh, look at that. Like, I can see that, especially if you watch older John Jones shit. But um, I think it's crazy that you just picked Shevchenko. I wasn't seeing that coming. I think Shevchenko got it. But I just think Grasso is calculated. And even in that fight, the first one, I think she was winning some exchanges on the feet. Not a lot, but she looked good. I think if she comes in with the mindset, I'm a champ, I think I'm. I think this is what's gonna get me in trouble. I had the same mindset when like Juliana Pena took on Amanda Nunez. I was like, nah, she's a new dog on the block. She's ready to fuck some shit up. And I feel like that's the mindset I'm gonna come in with. And then I come to find out that like, Grasso wasn't wasn't her for real. For real. she had a good game plan the first time, and then motherfucking Shevchenko finna come in and fuck her up for five rounds. But I'm gonna take Grasso, Viva Mexico. I'm taking Grasso on this one. I want to see the champ stay the champ on this one. Give give Valentina more time to spend at home with her family. All right. Well, I'm happy we're split on one of Because oh, you took Kevin Holland, right? Yeah, so we're only split on one of them, and I'm happy it's the main event. That makes it always fun to watch. Facts. But, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. I'm, I mean, this is like UFC's way of trying to say they didn't drop the ball with the – with the Mexican champs and everything, but they did. But we're going to act like they did it. So we just got to enjoy Noche UFC. All right. Well, you heard it here first. We made our picks. You heard my bet. Go down, like, subscribe, comment your picks, comment your bets. We love to hear them. That was UFC Noche. We broke it down. This has been Totally Blitz Podcast. I'm Paul. Pick a win. I'm constantly joined with Kevin, street fight enthusiast Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, now y'all know. Fuck. Uh.